Welcome to Tuesday Take, where we sit down with Pastor James and ask a few questions, as well as hear some additional thoughts from the sermon from this week. This week, we'll sit down and look at Titus 2, 1 through 10, at Gospel Living. Pastor, how are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing great. It's good. You have a good Tuesday morning so far? Pretty good. Got my workout in and drinking a little coffee. Yeah, I saw you're up pretty early. It was cold this morning, wasn't yeah, it? It was a little chilly. It's a little cold, but you got it in. I got it yeah, in. Like you said, Sunday exercise is very important. It's a great benefit to life. Yeah, I'm still praying about it. Um, man, let's dive into um, this past Sunday. Uh, we were in Titus chapter 2. And so just uh, right off the bat, do you have any additional information uh, from this passage, additional thoughts? Yeah, so sometimes like... When sitting down to do a sermon, there's just, I know sometimes my sermons can be a little longer, but um, there's things I have to cut out. And so, like, there was one thing I thought about this week that I had my, that I'd written down in my notes, but I didn't, I don't even know if I mentioned it Sunday, but just this whole idea we've been on kind of sound doctrine. Um, but I wrote this down that, like, some of the best doctrine is the doctrine which grips our heart. And I, and I think this is the thing we have to guard against in our life is that that I'll just know the right doctrine, but yet leave it unaf- leave my heart unaffected. And so I can just know the right answers, I can know the right theology, but yet it not actually impacting my heart and life. And I think this is what in this passage Paul is calling for, is that sound doctrine should impact our life. And so good doctrine um, always impacts my practical life. And so the way, obviously, we look, the way I talk, the way I act, the way I'm in my marriage, parenting, at work, whatever, um, these doctrines and theology sometimes I think it's just like this stuffy book stuff, but really it it's very practical and it should impact our life. And I think that's that was the whole thing that I don't even know if I mentioned that, but just the best doctrine always will impact our life because it should it should grip our heart. Yeah, and I think it's one of the things that we can see too is that um, the basis of it all is is heart change and not just to be a morally better person and and how doctrine if we're following it correctly how it changes everything in our lives and how everything will be shaped because of that. Yeah, and it should it should impact our hearts and our life. And, you know, we never want to be the people that just just want to be right and just, I mean, we do want to be right in sound teaching, but we, we don't want it to be this thing where we leave it not impacting our life. And I think that's what sometimes people have problems with in Christianity is that we, we affirm the right thing, we say the right thing, but sometimes people just don't see that thing actually showing up in our my, our practical life, and so that was kind of the the thing that hit me this week um, was just looking at sound teaching should it should be very practical and it should impact you know our life. Where do you think that disconnect comes? Where we hear the sound teaching, we hear doctrine, we hear correct theology, and then it doesn't transfer into our lives. Like, what do you what do you think is maybe the root of that? <sighs> I'm going to just say it like this, and this I think for true in my life, I think just laziness of mm-hmm. just there's it's easier for me to study, affirm the right thing, say the right thing, know the right thing, but it's even a whole different ballgame to allow it to impact my life and then to change my life because that's what these doctrines should. They should alter our life and change the way we see things, say things, walk in life, whatever it may be. And so I think that's the the disconnect a lot of it is is to allow this to impact our heart means I have to change yeah. and allow the Spirit to change me um, through His Word. And so I think for the disconnect a lot is like it's just easier. It's a whole lot easier just to talk it because that's what we said this week. What talk is cheap is easier just to talk it and just to, to affirm and say the right things about good doctrine. But 
um, I think that's where it gets hard is like, okay, I actually have to do th- this actually should cause something to happen in my life. Yeah. Um, did any of this passage you were working towards it as you were studying for the week, did anything out of this passage just intimidate you? Yeah, there was a lot in this passage that intimidated me, uh, mainly because it addresses categories and mm. not, not, you know, you, a lot of times when we think practically or want to apply it, usually I'm, I'm thinking through the categories, but this one just kind of softballs it and it already gives you categories, but I was intimidated to address older men and older women um, because obviously they're older than me. They've had more life experience than me. Um, but I, usually in those times, I always have to revert back to, you know, my call is to preach what God says. And so that's where my confidence should come from, not based on whether I have as many life experiences as somebody else. Um, but I think that addressing older men, older women, and even just the, even the passage where it addresses younger women, you know, that especially in our day and our culture, um, being submissive, those things is always, I, I don't want to back away from what the text says, but also um, I don't want to say something it's not saying. And so anytime those come up, I always get a little nervous um, um, just because those aren't things usually we like to hear. Yeah. And so, or, or, or in the categories may not like to hear. And so mm-hmm. for that, uh, with the younger men, I didn't mind pressing in pretty hard because that's, I'm in that category, and I can. I think that's where I struggle with is when I have to say something strong and where it doesn't apply to me. So yeah. when I address older men, I'm not an older man yet, so, or I'm not a woman. So mm-hmm. that that's where it gets hard is where I'm like pressing in on something uh, that the spirit leads me to press in on, but knowing that it doesn't have to apply to me. I, I think that's where I feel kind of weird yeah. about it. I think as as a member of our church, um, I. I hate to speak for everybody, but I think I can speak for everybody and say that um, it's obvious you rely on the Spirit's power in those moments, um, and you say things very gracefully, and you say things that don't come across harsh. Um, Sometimes you have to say them bluntly, um, but I don't think it ever comes off unloving. I don't think it ever comes off um, as, you know, you've got to do this, and if not, uh, I think it's very, hey, this is what the Bible's saying. and again, if you want to direct any emails, that's to Alan. Yeah. Alan. Um, <laughs> Alan or Brandy, they can do <laughs> um, In your preparation, um, what from the text stood out to you? I think the, the big thing, I, and I think it was the point number one, but um, and it was so here, here's kind of what I wanted to make sure that every, all of us, when we heard the sermon, really understood was there's a sense, and I think all of us have probably been in this place where we feel discouraged. Um, especially when we see a list like this of what what we're called to live. And then I think all of us recognize in our own life that we failed in a lot of these areas. And so my tendency is to is to be discouraged or like this is just another list. And one of the things that I felt as I was praying through it that the Spirit kept leading me to is like, hey, remind people of the gospel. And one, to remind that in your failure that your acceptance to God is not relying on whether – your performance, but Christ's performance. And so I think that was one of the things that I kept thinking through and also to remember because of the gospel, not only am I accepted um, and my sin is covered and I'm forgiven, but also the gospel empowers me to do this. And so that was one of the things, I think I was in my truck and I was praying through this passage and the Spirit just reminded me of like, hey, James, this should be something that excites you because because of the Spirit, you actually can live this out. You have the ability to do this, not because of you, because I think we said Sunday because the Holy Spirit deposited within us because of the gospel change that happens in our life that now we are we are able to to live out these things and so I, for me that was 
one of the things that really kind of stood out that I wanted to make sure was very important expressed up front is just to remember the gospel, remember the way the gospel is to impact our life. And so it's not just, hey, just do these things because we've had that and then that just gets either burdensome, discouraging, um, and the gospel is to, in a sense, express energy into our life of, hey, you can actually live out these things. You don't have to live discouraged by these things. You know, if you have failed, whether it's at work, being a mom, being a dad, being a grandparent, whatever you, wherever you are in life, um, while you have failed, the gospel's good. In yeah, that, you know, and what a comfort that is to know that um, when the father looks at us, he sees the son. Um, Absolutely, and it's I think something that we have to be, and that's one of the things I, I, I try to be intentional with it with sermons of like always going back to the gospel um, to remind us whether it's hey remember who you are in Jesus, I remember that. You're accepted to God, not because of you, because of Jesus, but then also to remember the power of the gospel to transform and to, to impact our life and to change our life, and that we can be changed. Our actions can change um, because of Jesus and the gospel. So, um, Verse 1, it says, But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Um, as a pastor, how do you feel about verse 1? Well, I think it's important. That's one of the things we've addressed the past couple of weeks is this is the issue with the churches on the island of Crete is that there was not sound doctrine. This word sound here in the Greek means uh, wholesome or healthy. And so there is the the teaching that is sound, that is whole, um, that builds up, that brings life. There's also teaching that does not do that. And so I think this is the warning that we've seen with false teachers and false doctrine and the false gospel or false gospels that um, there are teaching that seek to deceive. We saw this when we looked at that. You know, the enemy. That's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy does not want us to see the gospel and to see the true teaching from Scripture because it brings life. It brings freedom to our life. And so, um, I think this is so important. And one of the things that I, I think what makes me nervous every Sunday is not necessarily speaking in front of people, but to make sure that what I'm teaching is accords with what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. So, like seeking the Spirit, say like Holy Spirit, I want whatever said through the text, like I don't want it to be my agenda or my opinion or what I think people want to hear, um, but to say, hey, I want to teach what accords with Scripture. And uh, and I think that's getting harder and harder in our day because it's offensive. There are things that are very offensive or there are things that we don't like to hear or we, like the Scripture says uh, in Second Timothy, we, we want our ears tickled and we yeah. want we want people to speak into our we want to follow our hearts, and so um, I think it's getting harder and harder, but, of course, we know where the power lies is in the Spirit of God teaching exactly what the, the Spirit pinned down through Scripture. And so um, I, I think it's necessary. I think it's something that, that has to happen in all of all of our churches. You know, whatever we're listening to, podcasts, sermons, wherever, you know, we want to make sure that what we're listening to lines up with sound, whole teaching. Yeah. Um, as we walk through the passage, we looked one through eight, you know, um, very practical things that we found for older men, younger men, older women, younger women. And then we got to the section on the workplace. Um, practically, how can you see verses nine and 10 played out in our everyday work lives? Because I think it's really easy whenever I'm at home, you know, uh, or if I'm with people, I can focus on being a young man to be there for my wife, to be there for my family, my friends, the people around me. But when it comes to work, when I'm isolated from all those things and my mind's telling me, okay, you're just here, you're at work, it's okay. 
how how can I practically put these things into play? So I think one is remembering, you know, my workspace, wherever that, that could be at home, it could be at your workplace, uh, wherever you find yourself, of to remember that this is my mission field and so to remember that this is not just a place where I make money. And so I think that's hard, you know, usually when we walk into that that realm of work that usually like, oh, I've, we do need to get tasks done, um, but to see it in a different light. But I, I think one of the practical things that could happen that the passage really calls for is uh, that we're, we're bringing the right attitude. And so I think that, that that makes a huge difference when we walk into the workspace and what the gospel should do is that we should bring a different attitude than anybody else. And so for us as believers, I think I said it Sunday, if anyone should do their work with excellence, it should be believers yeah. um, because we have more motivation than anybody, uh, as the Scripture tells us, that we... Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. And so we're to do it for His glory. We're to do it heartily to Him. And so uh, I think that should be the thing that should set us apart at work. Um, But then I'm convicted by that because I think there are times when we don't bring our best and we just try to get by. And so I think this kind of what this, a lot of what this passage is bringing is like we're to be the people that don't complain. We're to be the people that don't speak ill about our boss or our employer. Uh, We're to be the people that seek to do things with excellence. And so those are, as we've said, those are easy things to to say and affirm, but they're very different to actually live that out. But I think what Paul's trying to get at is think about what that does in the workspace when whether your employer or people you're working with see that you have this different attitude, this different disposition, this different excellence. You don't complain. You don't join in with the chatter at work. It says something not only about you, but it says something about what you believe in the gospel. And so I think that that's one of the, I think it was one of the points Sunday was that our actions are far more impactful than we realize. Yeah. And so I think that's what he's trying to get at of like, even like at work, like realize what you say, what you do, how you even do your work can be a testament to the gospel of where you are. Yeah. What was the, the thing that you said your youth pastor always said um, that about your actions? Yeah. So uh, Deanna was my youth minister when I was in student ministry. And she used to always say um, that your, your actions are speaking so loud that I can't even hear what your mouth is saying. Hmm. And so it just always stuck with me. And um, obviously words are important, but usually what people, it, just going back to the actions are very, actions are words are so impactful. And um, a lot of times it can actually tune out what we actually say, even if we're saying the right things about Jesus. If somebody looks in our life and see that our speech, our actions don't line up with what we're saying, it, it presents a, a different message. And so... Just and I think that's the call is because the gospel, our actions should align um, with it. I, uh, this is one of the I, I didn't read this passage on Sunday, but it kind of brought to my mind. Paul says this in Philippians one twenty seven. It says, "Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit and one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel." And so he says, "Hey, let your." manner the way that you live your life be worthy of the gospel and so that's a that's a high call for us you know um to make sure that our life is we're living our life in a in a manner that's worthy of jesus yeah last question um has nothing to do with what we talked about world series starts tonight awesome and uh nationals and astros who do you have 
Well, I really don't care um, who who wins. I, I don't watch – I play baseball, but I never watch baseball, mainly because it's kind of boring to watch, hmm. even though it does get exciting when, you know, you get a good homer to, to win the game like yeah. Astros did for the Yankees. But uh, I'm going to go with the Astros. They go. have some uh, some LSU players on the team, and I want you to – your sanctification to go well. And so I, I know that you're – I know you're an Astros fan, so I want to – I'll root for them. They got some LSU players. Appreciate it. You root for them. So that's who I'm going with. Well, man, thanks for sitting down and taking some time out of your day to uh, just kind of recap some things. Um, And we look forward to talking with you next time. All right. Sounds good. Thanks.